Hey, I'm Peter Medlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge. If you've never heard the podcast before, good news, super simple concept. We think that almost everyone has had some kind of teacher, professor, coach, or counselor that inspired them and helped them become the person that they are today. And we want to talk to those people. So email us at teacherslounge at niu.edu and nominate them. They could be featured on the next episode of this show. Speaking of the next episode of this show, special programming note up top, the next episode of Teacher's Lounge is going to be a Teacher's Lounge Live. That's right, it's a live conversation, well, live online. We are going to be having on Thursday, June 3rd, 2021 at 7.15 p.m. And you can watch that live and submit your own questions at WNIJ.org or on WNIJ's Facebook page. We're going to be having a teacher, a student, and an administrator on, and we're going to be having a wide-ranging conversation about what it was like for them learning and teaching during the pandemic. So now that we're almost done with the school year, we're going to be doing a look back. So if you have any questions on what it was like for any of them and any of their experiences, again, you can comment in real time on our Facebook page, June 3rd at 7.15, or you can go ahead and just shoot us an email at teacherslounge at niu.edu and submit your questions early so you don't forget about it. So again, tune in for that special Teacher's Lounge Live. Anyway, today on the show we have a school social worker, Sylvia Hudson. She's a social worker for middle school students at Rockford Public Schools, and she's had the chance to talk to dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of students online and in person throughout COVID. 75% of young adults and teenagers reported symptoms of anxiety or depression in the midst of the pandemic. And that's while they were also trying to focus on taking remote classes. So school's emphasis on mental health has been crucial. And I think my conversation with Sylvia gives you a good insight into what that actually looks like inside schools. And so without much further ado, here is my conversation with Sylvia Hudsick, which begins with us talking about if she even bothered decorating her office since there's barely anyone in there. I had to decorate still and I'm thinking, come on, it doesn't mean that I can't put my Christmas tree. Still have, I don't know if you can see, I'm going to turn it over there. My Christmas tree is still up on the I love it. Listen, we all need a little extra light these days. Oh my goodness, yes. I, ha- I still had to. I mean, I, I had to ask okay, now I don't want this to look like an insane asylum for crying out loud. I mean, I, I couldn't have barren walls. I had to come in and decorate, um, again, to try for those kids that were in person to try to, you know, give them some kind of a environment, you know? Yeah. Um, Did they have some kind of like, cause I know they had to be like, well, like single use things like you couldn't share toys. Nothing. Yeah. We went to a lot, a lot of us went to like, um, I know some social workers got like little individual pencil boxes for each kid to have here your stuff crayons whatever you need will be here Um, I know I made up a bunch of fidgets and kind of got like the little single um, play-dohs for everyone and here this is yours it's on this shelf so yeah we went to a lot of um, everybody kind of using their own or kind of the BYO pencil Um, a lot of it I mean with the um, cleaning solutions, you know, and everything that the, the, the um, products that the district had kind of provided for us to kind of spray down our classroom to kind of sanitize everything. Right. We used a lot of the, um, you know, fidgets or stuff like that that were easy to wipe down, easy to clean off, or that we could just spray between, you know, groups of kids that we saw coming in. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I get... our, our room has never been cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Silver linings. That's what we're always yeah, looking at. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have uh, students on your caseload that are online? Um, we do. So as of, and I'm sure you heard this in the news that as of April 19th, um, the district said, you know what, we welcome anyone who wants to come in person, come in person. You're welcome to come in person. Um, a lot of families kind of took advantage of that. Right. Um, and we also kind of, I, I heard rumblings that, you know, the, the, the same was true that some kids then went remote because then we went to five days a week or at least um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is 9.15 to 4, so the full day. Right. Um, Wednesday is still our like a half day because um, in the afternoons we do our PLCs or our meeting time. Yeah. Time uh, is uh, on Wednesdays. Um, but yes, we do. I mean, I'm, I think I'm down to like just a handful, maybe about five, six kids that are still remote. Um, and it's and I try not to mix just because it's difficult to, you know, um, tend to the needs of the in-person students as well as the remote students, I still meet with them separately. Right. Um, you know, remote, my remote day is a remote day. I'm meeting with the remote kids and then my in-person kids, um, you know, I meet with them in groups, uh, you know, in person. How small are the groups in person? Um, probably about four to five. I mean, okay. we have the capacity in my office maybe for six. Yeah. Um, with still, again, following the guidelines of remaining yeah. three feet. Um, so maybe about six. So I think my, my biggest group right now is a group of four mm -hmm. um, that I have in person. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. You know, we talked back at the beginning of the school year and it was all like, oh, I wonder what this is going to look like having to do it for a whole year. And now we've kind of reached the point where it's like near the end of the school year. Yeah. And you but like also like, in the time since we last spoke, you know, I've talked to, talked to so many teachers and parents and students, administrators. And the question that I always ask people at the end of the interview is like, what's something that you wish more people were talking about? And every single time I ask that to someone this year, almost every single person has answered with some kind of mental health answer, right? Yes. And so I'm like, okay, so we had this whole year now to look at in a different way. And I'm like, I wonder like what we've learned from this year. And I wanted to get your perspective on it and get like, what have we learned? And like, like what changes now after this year when it comes to mental health support? I'm yeah. so fascinated. Good questions. Oh my gosh. That's, and, and definitely I think, yes, that is true. I mean, that I think that, um, we're quickly finding out that, you know, especially when, when everybody says, oh my God, we need to, you know, address the social emotional needs of our students. We need to, you know, address the social emotional needs of our staff. Um, I think people have realized over this year that it's more complicated than just having a, a, a conversation or just yeah. saying, hi, how you doing? I mean, I, I think a lot of our kids, um, you know, haven't had the chance, you know, like you and I, I mean, if, you know, we hang out, we could say, Hey, you know, Peter, how are you doing through all this? How have you done through all this? You know, I go home to my husband, you know, not, and uh, you know, when we talk, we process kind of what, you know, my day or what this year has been. Yeah. Um, I think for our kids, especially those that have been remote for so long, I don't know that they have had that opportunity to really process through what this year has meant, what it has done um, I mean, I was just talking this morning with the other social worker in my office. It has been emotionally draining, not only for myself personally, professionally, um, but then you think about, you know, and I'm an adult. I mean, I'm a grown up. Yeah. I, I can't imagine, you know, 
again, the kids, you know, uh, all of our kids, how do they address it? And then if you, you know, put in their kids who are, um, you know, struggling with various other issues, I, I mean, I can't imagine how or why. And I think the biggest thing that as kids have come in, um, we've had to do is, is reconnect with these kids. Um, I think that was a number one on my list of as soon as all of these kids, you know, start coming in as of April 19th, um, because that changes your dynamic, it changes your group, it changes, you know, your approach. Um, it's been reconnecting with these kids. So yes, I've busted out my Uno cards, um, you know, all of those little, or even I have this giant Connect Four game in my office. That's another thing that it's that non-threatening Mm-hmm. way of, of kind of helping to build that relationship back up again with that student. Yeah. Um, I've tried where I could um, kind of continuing to gather my kids who I have already established that group cohesion. So try to keep them in that group because they know each other. Yeah. They're comfortable with each other. My eighth graders, because I've known some of them since sixth grade, um, again, keeping them in what's familiar to them or in those groups that have been familiar to them and reconnecting with them. Um, like I said, I've, I've had the opportunity, not only, you know, professionally, but also my personal, personal life to process what this year has been, what it's meant. And I think for the kids, especially our remote kids who are coming into school, I mean, this is brand new. This is like the first day of school, April 19th for a lot of our kids, I think was the first day of school for them Yeah. where, you know, again, all the nuances are kind of coming back to them, you know, like, oh my gosh, there's Johnny. I haven't seen Johnny in forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, it's been very, I, I think that's the biggest thing that, that, that um, I think this past year we've realized that, that, that again, that social emotional, it, it's not a buzzword. It's more complicated than, you know, what we thought or what people had initially thought. It's, we can't just easily kind of address it. Okay, there, we did it the one time we're done with it it's ongoing. We're having to reconnect with all of our students and reestablish those relationships, um, you know, and tell them again about, remind them of the rules, remind them of, you know, our class procedures, because they have had over a year, um, you know, of being at home during yeah. this pandemic, which has been, again, very, you know, and I might know my routine, but a lot of these kids, yes, they know from previous years, but we have to give them that time to adjust again to the, again, first day of school. Yeah. First day of school with like a month left of school. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> get used to this. I mean, and get used to this. I, at least, you know, I can walk out during my lunch hour and take my mask off. I can go sit in my car. I you know, yeah. um, the kids can't, you know, they have to wear it all day aside from lunch, obviously, but it, it is, it's very, it, it's a different year. Well, and you're hundred percent right about the the, it being more complicated than a buzzword too, because I think that, like you said, like, especially when you're online, I know it can be really tough, especially since, you know, we want everyone in the building to be more adept at social emotional learning. And so, you know, we have different programs or teachers are talking about it. And it mu- I can't imagine how much more difficult it was this year to be like, you know, okay, here's what we want to do for you. Here's the, everything that we want you to have available in terms of like support, but make that feel authentic and not like today it's mental health awareness week. Absolutely. It's so hard to do that and make it feel genuine. Yes. Genuine. I mean, and that's what, one of my things, I mean, I, I think, you know, as we, 
you know, my approach, okay, we, you know, we have more. So, well, even, I mean, starting with kids in, in general, just working with kids in general, I mean, how do I build that relationship? You know, I'm not, I mean, yes, we have a social emotional curriculum that we follow, but I'm not always going to be reading from it. You know, there's going to be those times, you know, do you know how many times I have been completely off script this year where it's like, okay, I wanted to do lesson number 14 in the second step curriculum, but Johnny came in saying, you know what? I hate my life. I hate this. Well, let's talk about it. You know, and, and again, they want that genuine. I mean, they, they again, these kids are much more um, aware, much, quite a bit more wiser than when I was a kid. Um, and they know who genuinely cares, who doesn't care. So they look for that, I think. And um, the more you can genuinely build that relationship, that means that I'm not reading off of the script. I don't want anything that you're, you know, kind of like giving me the soup du jour you know, tell me, you know, show me that you genuinely care. And, and again, you're off script. You're, you're trying to build those relationships, trying to connect with these kids. Again, off, completely off script. And like you said, it's not, it, it, it's, it's more than, um, you know, my reading something because I have to really put in that genuine effort, you know, that genuine um, interest in what it is they have to share. And, oh, well, we'll get to the lesson next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, what I mentioned before, how like almost every single person I've talked to has expressed that they think there should be more mental health support. So I'm like, you know, okay, so that's interesting. So on into next year and beyond, like, does that just mean more social workers or does it mean more social workers plus we, you know, other strategies to establish, like make these relationships and make these things feel more natural. I, I say yes to the yeah. latter. I mean, definitely more. I mean, you need that support. You need that, that social work support, not only social workers, I mean, but counselors, I mean, yeah. that, that we need to, in my opinion, and I've said this before, people are probably, <laughs> that you, it, it should be the reading, the writing, the arithmetic and social emotional learning or social, you know, addressing the social emotional needs. Yeah. I think that in this, especially in this day and age, you cannot have one, you can't have the expectation of a, of a student coming in and focusing on that academic piece without first addressing that social emotional piece. I think that, um, first of all, if the element of safety is not present, if, if you know, what are the, it, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you don't have food, clothing, shelter, how do you expect me to do my math? How do you expect me to come to school and, and, and effectively work on my academics when I've got all this stuff that, that's, that's, you know, it's not being addressed. I think they go hand in hand. And again, it is such a shift from when I was a kid um, because there is a lot more issues, a lot more, I mean, stuff that we have to, um, you know, be addressing now that, 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 that is going on to kids um, that's happening in kids' lives outside of school that I can't, you know, expect, you know, a student to attend just because I say so, or just because I'm a great math teacher, you know, I mean, I think that they have to really, we need to check in with them on a daily basis. I think moving forward, that's probably one of the big things. Um, I, I think that if we want, again, to have a six or have, have these kids be successful as we, you know, welcome them all back in person in the fall, I think we need to genuinely address it because I've had the opportunity to, to process this whole year, you know, with, with family, with friends, with coworkers. Um, a lot of our kids have not, 
you know, um, or a lot of our kids, you know, or a lot of our families don't know how. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost reminds me of the conversations that we have with adults about therapy, right? Where it's like, when I was a kid, even, and like, you think of that and and even like social going to see a social worker at school is like, well, I mean, there's not like a catastrophe happening in my life. So why would I need to do that? And I think that's something that it is, it's going to be so fascinating of how we cultivate an atmosphere where it feels both natural, but also just like a normal part of the learning experience to, right. to talk to a social worker and not right, just because right. some traumatic, inf- maybe not necessarily because some huge traumatic incident just occurred in your life. Right, right. Again, it should be a natural part. I think that we need to integrate that as a natural part of our curriculum, I think, in order for it to not be, you know, I mean, how many people, how times have we heard that? Oh my God, it's such a stigma, you know, mental health, um, you know, stigma to talk about it or to even, uh, you know, get the help, ask for help, agree to the help. Um, I think, you know, as again, the natural part of the, the, the curriculum has always been, you know, what I've said, why don't we do this? Um, I, I think that in, in, in having, you know, the services readily available for our families, especially the ones that can't access the services um, or don't know how to access the services. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, um, some of this year, I mean, we, we spent, you know, in the case management portion, like trying to connect families or, hey, you know what, if, if you're having a hard time, you know, here are some resources in the community, you know, whether it was like finding food or, or, or um, you know, healthcare or whatever. Um, I mean, I think our, the case management role, we've also, you know, had to, especially with kids being remote, I mean, rely on that case management portion to connect families with these outside services. Um, I mean, I, I, th- I think that's a big one too. Again, making sure that they are accessing the services and gathering that information. I, I can't tell you how many emails amongst my department. Does anybody have, you know, know where to get services for autism or get services for this, get services for that? where we're again, gathering all of that information to pass along to our families or have it available to our families. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I'd imagine that would evolve more in that, in that range, like you said, especially online too. And for when those kids, I think we kind of touched on it earlier, but like when those remote kids came in person and you started meeting with them in a different way, it really did feel like a completely new dynamic. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like starting over. Um, And I know that with some of my sixth graders, well, even from, you know, seeing my seventh graders last year, you know, for part of the year, um, since we shut down in the spring, even seeing them come back and how different, I mean, they're taller, you know, they're, they've grown. I mean, a lot of my kids, I mean, I remember that, you know, they were like, under my height. Now, a lot of them are, you know, taller than me. So not only the, again, that but again those those changes that they're not those little boys little girls you know that I remember oh my gosh remember you last year when I saw you you know what I'm saying I mean everything was different everything was different I mean we've had a again you know a, a year like no other you know we've experienced a year like no other and that uh, um again it it, it it's it has been exhausting for me personally and professionally, um, you know, and, and again, for all of these kids and not even know where, well, how do you, you know, they, they're, they're not developmentally where I as an adult am, 
um, you know, I'm able to tell you how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, you know, or generate some kind of a conversation with you about how it is that this is affecting me. Our kids do not have that yet. Our kids, you know, my middle, these middle school kids don't have that yet, yeah. you know, and to try to get them to, that's why I said the non-threatening We're let's play Uno and you can talk to me, you know, it's that not, we're playing a game. I'm, I don't have to like the pressure of you asking me directly a question um, you know, we're playing over Uno and I'm getting in my questions or asking or, or, or letting you know something about me, you know, while we're playing a game and don't feel that pressure. So I think it's, again, the changing that up, um, again, to try to find um, or, or to reconnect with the kids. It has been, like I said, I've got two groups of kiddos, although they, a, they have worked with each other through Google Classroom or through Zoom, it's like they're a brand new group all over again. And I, and, and I met with these kids last year. They were in that same group. Yeah. You know, but it's like we're trying to get to know one another all over again because they have changed physically, emotionally. Um, I mean, I'm sure I have changed, you know, yeah, no, of physically, course. emotionally. And I, I keep hearing how when I talk to students, especially, I'm like, what's the most difficult part about this year? And aside from all of the other, you know, trauma that we can yeah, talk about, yeah. one of the biggest parts recently that they always say is the schedule changes, right? It, it's, yes. it's going from online to in person. It's going from three day to five day or whatever. And do you think that, especially when you have online students and they're shifting in person and all of this is happening over the last couple of months, do you feel like for the most part, people have gotten more used to it and more comfortable being in this strange situation or are they more or less just completely burnt out? <laughs> uh, the, the latter as well. I think yeah. it, it's complete and utter burnout, I think. Um, I Are think you okay? Are you feeling that complete and utter burnout? <laughs> <laughs> um, not quite yet, but I have like, you know, um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I think I, because again, I mean, we talked about just how taxing this has been, you know, to chase kids electronically, you know, to try to, you know, connect with kids and, you know, I need to make sure that I'm meeting, you know, with my students that I'm trying to get in touch with my students. Um, it's been real difficult. Um, and then to, you know, to have that feeling as a professional that, oh my gosh, I don't know, am I being uh, very effective? How effective am I at my job? You know, especially with my remote kids, am I meeting their needs? Am I, um, you know, I think I've had my moments where it's, you know, my, my, that, that whole emotional roller coaster. Oh yeah, I'm doing I, I, the best that I can do. Wait a minute. I'm not doing enough. Um, I think with all of the changes, I think that that has kind of added to everybody's, um, you know, level of stress and, 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 and anxiety about this, you know, what we're in about this continuing um, pandemic. And um, I, I've heard it from a lot of kids. I mean, just that's one of the first things with the changes that we have had in the schedule or from going from remote to in-person to in-person to remote to hybrid, whatever. Um, that's been one of the things um, that I've heard from a lot of my kids that it's been very difficult to kind of keep up with all the changes to get used to them. Um, and again, at least at the beginning of the year, you know, when we were half day, they, they knew, yay, at least for this amount of time, we're half day. And then you add in the various schedule changes that we had throughout this year. Um, I mean, it, again, it's been stressful, not only for the students, but as you know, staff as well, I've heard it from, you know, coworkers that, 
um, it's not been easy. And just when you get used to, or just when you get to um, a point where, okay, now this is, okay, I think I've got the routine set up. I mean, it changes and then you have to address it all over again. So I think we've had quite a bit of, it's like never really settling in. I don't think that we've really like settled into a good routine um, with all the changes. Yeah, and then as soon as you settle into this one, it was yeah. like, say goodbye for the summer. <laughs> yes, no kidding. A exactly, and that's what it is. I mean, so I, 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 in some ways I am hopeful, you know, that we're all coming back in the fall, that, it, that at least we'll have, everyone will have that same start, that same yeah. first start. Um, we'll have the natural, I guess to me, it wasn't a natural transition. I mean, and you know, working with, what do I always say, especially in special ed, I mean, the kids need routine, they need structure, you know, they need consistency. You know, and, and, and that's very disruptive when they don't have that. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like you're going through that grief process. Like, oh my gosh, it, it, it's yet another change that I have to get used to. And how am I going to, I can't tell you how many times I have scrapped my schedule or had to start over just when I think I've got every kid accounted for on my, you know, caseload, then it's that switch. And then trying to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, I don't want to keep pulling them or pull them from a class every time, but yeah, we have to provide their minutes and, you know, it, it's, it's difficult. It, it's very difficult. And, and the changes um, I think have been just one more like, oh, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, anything else? <laughs> yeah. anything else? The hits keep coming, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I forget if we mentioned at the top, but like how many combined online and in person, how many kids are there on your caseload about? Um, typically, I mean, I, and again, this is not your typical, I mean, we usually, gosh, I really could, it varies depending on the school. I mean, yeah. and it's, um, I mean, we could carry anywhere. I mean, you know, building, you know, 60, you know, students, but again, it depends on like, I, I guess we service students, you know, based on like minutes per week. Right. Um, but, you know, we can, you know, not in addition to special ed students, we see general ed students. Um, so it just depends. I mean, there's no like solid, this is your caseload. Yeah. Um, but it just depends and it varies from school to school and the needs of each building. Yeah. You know, I, I've definitely talked to a few other social workers in the last year and they've, they've talked to me about what you mentioned before about how when sometimes when that schedule gets thrown out and especially if you're dealing with them online, how difficult it can be. And I've heard people explain to me situations, right, where they're trying to meet with someone online and the camera's off and also the microphone's off. And so they're just kind of waiting for the next chat box to show up. Right. <laughs> and how awful that could feel. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, am I doing anything? Am I making any kind of a difference? And right, right. I'm curious, did you feel like you had all the tools at your disposal to like be effective in that environment? Or is it just, no matter what you had, it didn't matter because all this was out of whack anyway. And at some point there was just only so much that you could do. Um, I think because we weren't really right. No, I, I, I don't feel like any kind of preparation would uh, have of, right. I mean, if you gave me every available tool in the world, I don't know <laughs> that that would have been enough because this was all brand new. Um, and because a lot of kids, I mean, I still had, you know, as of April 19th, I mean, kids that had no idea how to get on a Zoom, how to click on a link. I mean, Zoom versus Google Classroom. I mean, this one kiddo in particular who, I, I mean, was just not tech savvy, yeah. you know, 
to navigate and, and, you know, they're not that kind of learner. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I got everything. I, I print everything out. I have everything, paper and pencil. Um, I, like I said, I don't know that any amount of preparation would have, have helped. Yeah. Um, I think it, you know, I, I, I think, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm always going to say, oh my gosh, yes, I could have used this. I could have, you, you know, used all, all of this um, to better do my job. I think that getting them or at least, you know, having that consistent. And I tried to keep them regardless of all of the changes, tried to keep them on a schedule Tuesdays at three o'clock Tuesdays at one o'clock is when our group is, I try to at least, you know, give them that. Um, and one of the other things through my Google classroom that I set up, I did have a check-in. So I had a weekly feelings check-in. I told the kids, I said, I don't care what else you do on the Google Classroom, as long as you do that. That was the one thing that I had them always do. I told them whether you were in person or online, um, that we don't see each other every day. We, you know, I can't check in with them while they're here or whatever. Um, so I had them just do a feelings check-in. And all it was, they went into the Google Classroom, opened up the form, you know, they kind of the question on that asked them, how are you feeling today? All they had to do was kind of drag and drop the emoji into the circle. And then over on the right-hand side, they would write, um, why are you feeling that way? And I've got a lot. I mean, it, it, even the kids who never met with me through Zoom would fill that out, which was interesting. Um, so that was the one way that I knew, you know, so by the end of the week, as I'm checking them all, I would have, you know, the kids submitted something. Yeah. You know, and as I a social worker, what do you feel like you learn from that? I, I think definitely they needed that check-in. I think that yeah. that was definitely, and it was, was their one constant, the one thing that, that, that we stayed connected on. And right. I would always put the message in the Google classroom saying, Hey guys, this is this week's, you know, feelings check-in, make sure you complete it. This is our way of kind of like connecting. If you need to meet with me privately, you know, and I would go through all of it as I would check it, you know, um, through the Google Classroom, just comment on it. I mean, I had kids who said everything from, oh my gosh, my pet ran away to I attended a funeral to my grandma's in the hospital. I mean, I've got ton of, of uh, replies on those where they were genuinely telling me, um, you know, how they were feeling at that moment where they were filling out that. So that at least kept us connected. And I think the fact that I would comment, like I, the one kiddo said, I'm happy. Why are you happy? You know, and he put in there because it was his birthday. So in the little comments, I said, oh, happy birthday, kiddo. And he responded back to me in a, you know, huge thank you, you know, in all capitals, you know, in a smiley face at the end of it. Um, and as far as, again, the camera, I mean, I, I long gave up trying to, oh, keep your camera on. I can't see your face. Or uh, a lot of kids responded to me, one kiddo in particular through chat which is fine, but I would just have to kind of make sure that I was monitoring the chat because when I did a screen share, I couldn't see the chat. Um, and, he, and, and these kids responded well when I said, I'm sorry, when I'm screen sharing, I can't see the chat. So you'll have to unmute and respond. And they followed through. Like I said, I never made it a battle where, you know, they had to keep their camera on or they had to keep the mic on. You know, a lot of times I prefer the mic off because I mean, I like at my house, I mean, you have you know, all these noises, my kids are remote learners, you know, my husband's, the TV's gone, you know, you had all of those other distractions where I said, oh man, I get it. And sometimes when I'm in a meeting and I'm zooming, I mean, I'll, I'll sit, especially if it's like a seminar or anything like that, I'll sit with my camera off or with, you know, obviously muted um, 
you know, so I never made that a battle with any of the kids. And I think that we had over this year to be sensitive to that, at least in my position, you know, as a social worker, I mean, I know the teachers, it's a little bit different, um, you know, but for me, I, I, I didn't make that a battle. And, and I would say to myself, man, I don't know if I'm ready for the kids to see me <laughs> across my, you know, sitting in my bedroom, you know, cause that's the only quiet space in my house right now. Cause my kids are in the, you know, the kitchen learning. Um, I mean, I never made that a battle that was optional for them as long as they came and they were able to hear, um, you know, and I did my screen share and they were able to kind of see my screen or the lesson that I was presenting or what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and it, at least engaged, you know, through chat or whether they were unmuting themselves for the quick second and then kind of, uh, you know, muting themselves back up. Um, I, I, like I said, I never made that a battle for them. So they did what, I mean, however we were able to make this because it's so hard. I mean, and I'm, and I'm, a, again, I'm very animated with my hands. I mean, I talk with my hands a lot, so it gets lost. They're looking at me like on the video, like, what is this woman doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I get, I mean, I totally get it. There's a lot that's, you know, by doing, you know, the, the, the remote that you lose a lot of that. Um, I don't know the, the person, what do you call it? the, like, the, yeah, the, the non-verbals the yeah yeah well yeah and even the mask on yeah I mean if I, I pass kids in the hallway and I'm like I you know I'm smiling I'm like wait a minute I have a mask on they don't know that I'm smiling at them yeah. smile <laughs> with your eyes is a thing have, yes. you, have you conquered the smile with your eyes do you think you can do it now uh I you know my I do my eyebrows count I'm like <laughs> I don't want them to think I'm creeping them out I'm not a creeper really <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, I need the mask that has the, you know, the smile, the face on it, the, the lips and the, yes. the smile. I need that mask. <laughs> I mean, don't they have, do they have masks that are somewhat uh, translucent that you can see? Um, they heard... do. I've seen actually, um, I don't know that anyone here um, has, but I've seen for speech paths. I was about to say, yeah. 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 They've got the clear like a uh, box, the clear, you know, um, right where your, where your mouth goes, they, it's a clear That's very um, plastic. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I think that we, I think we really touched on the challenges and some of the silver linings, but I wanted to ask one more time, you know, like, again, last time we spoke, it was August. We were going into this school year and now we've seen exactly what it looked like. And, it feels like people are focused on mental health as, as more than a buzzword, as something that into the future needs to be a priority. I'm curious, looking back at this year, what is something that was absolutely a silver lining, something that actually worked really well? And you're like, you know what, this we can take with us on into the future. Hmm, I think it is. It, it's it's. <laughs> definitely reconnecting with the students. I mean, I think that's the biggest one. I mean, the importance of, you know, establishing those relationships with our kiddos. Yeah. Um, I, th I think every year after year, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, at what point they come in. I think if we don't have, you know, it, again, it goes back to that hierarchy of needs. If I don't, I mean, it, it, it's, it's my home life. It's my school life. I, you know, you, you seek for that or, or you seek that, that support, you know, that safety from either my home life or my school life or some, you know, if I'm lucky enough, both. Um, and I think that that's probably the biggest one. I, I think the importance of, of relationships and building those, you know, um, safe, supportive relationships with our students um, amongst ourselves, you know, as coworkers that we have people, you know, that, that, that we're able to, um, 
again, process, work with process all of these things. Um, I mean, I, I, I really like that we're addressing, and, and this district too, I mean, is addressing that, that social emotional piece. It's so crucial, um, so crucial to kind of, uh, uh, again, moving forward. Again, I go back to my example that I said, I, I can't be expected to concentrate on my academics when I've got stuff going on at home or if my school life isn't going so well, if I'm being bullied at school, you know, that's not gonna be a very safe supportive environment for me. I can't concentrate on my academics. Um, so I think that that piece needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed ongoing as part of an ongoing curriculum in my opinion. Um, and I like, you know, I'm actually on a, uh, a curriculum leadership team um, which is looking at again what is a social emotional learning screeners, you know, and, and, and you know to to start um, implementing that piece, just like they do map testing, just like they do state testing. So I think it's a very important part of. Um, I, I don't think we can no longer say no, they're not related, you know, or, or, or no, you know, it has nothing to do with school. Academics is academics, you know. This is. Now, so, yeah, and I've heard that before, you know, they, well, no, teachers should be responsible for that. Well, we kind of are. So screeners is in almost like a, like a social emotional, like survey or assessment or something? Yeah, where we would, you know, so kind of like, um, so using the castles, um, social emotional learning standards, um, which address again, that self, um, self-management, uh, you know, uh, self-awareness, self-management, decision-making, responsible behaviors, uh, screeners would address that. So we would screen either through teacher or student self-report, um, just asking them a series of questions related to those social emotional learning standards. You know, do you feel you know how to make decisions? Do you feel Johnny knows how to make good decisions? Does he, you know, um, take advantage of supports in his environment? So just having something um, that would give us a baseline um, of where, you know, students are social emotionally. Um, that were, it, it could identify, you know, what are the needs? Does this group need to, you know, this class need to work a little bit more on self-regulation? Do they need to work on responsibility? Um, so just something that we can use in general to kind of screen all of our kids and have some solid baseline data to then start looking at, um, especially if we get into like the PBIS or the, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three interventions uh, to get into that, um, you know, starting to target more of our services towards addressing those needs. Yeah, because I have to imagine that, you know, if a school, you know, you guys might have great social workers, but it does need to be a building wide culture. Yes. Yes. Otherwise people aren't going to feel comfortable even seeking out those. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's that buy-in. It's yeah. that, it, it, it's totally that buy-in. How do you, you know, how do I feel, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's building that community. Help me feel a part of my school. Help me be connected to my school. Help me be connected to my, you know, um, my, my, my teachers, the other students here, um, all of the adults here that, are, you know, support me. How do I feel connected? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so last question I have you. I don't want to keep you all after <laughs> The last fun. question I have for you is just like, can you share an example of at some point this year a situation where you were like, you broke through, you had an aha moment where you're like, ah, I'm still doing this. Like I'm still making a difference. Things are still going well. Oh my goodness. Yes. I had one little girl. Now, it, 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 
actually, she never, we had a scheduled Zoom, always had a schedule. This is when our group meets. She never got on. She went missing for probably a month, not missing, you know, like literally missing, but just never logged on. And I could never find her, you know, if she was online, I don't know. Um, Finally, she got on a Zoom because we would schedule then just open Zooms where any kid, wherever you were, however, I didn't get, you know, just click on the Zoom and there I would be. I mean, I just had an open Zoom set here with my Zoom open. She finally would come in. There was a couple times actually that she came into my Zoom and it was, for me, it was kind of refreshing to hear her, the insight that she brought to the table. I'm really struggling remotely. I can't do this remotely. I don't know how to get from, you know, or to, to get the help from this class or from that class or that class. And just to hear her, it was almost, again, she, she did quite a bit of um, maturing from sixth grade to now as an eighth grader. So it was quite that was kind of like my, oh my gosh, you got it. And as much as this kiddo in the past said, oh, I, I, I don't want to be at school. I hate school. I hate school. I hate school. Once that novelty of, you know, her learning from home or remotely kind of wore off, she realized I need school. I need to be in school. And just to hear her talk, just to hear her um, say that was like, oh my God, yes, that's what we were get. That's exactly what I wanted. That is the growth that I wanted to see from her, that I wanted to hear from her. And, and again, if nothing else, I mean, she realized that yes, school is a very important part of my life. And I do need to be there because I'm not that, I'm not a remote learner. I'm not, you know, she's as much as she struggled and was just so lost, um, you know, throughout this whole, you know, remote instruction. Um, she, I, she could not wait to get to come in person. <laughs> right, and that she knew where to go to find yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that she would, again, log on and then be able to, regardless of where she was sitting. And I think a lot of times she was sitting at a community center, I think, um, you know, just talked freely, you know, not only about that, but about missing school and then about missing peers. Um, you know, so it was a very engaging conversation. Again, a conversation that um, I think was, was probably one of the highlights, you know, especially for this kiddo who struggled when she was in sixth grade. Um, and struggled, you know, while we were in person in seventh grade and to see her as an eighth grader now, and now she's on, you know, moments away from being a high schooler. I think that that was, I mean, quite insightful for her to have that realization that, man, look at how much I took for granted and saying I hate school and I didn't pay attention and just could not wait to get, you know, to, to be in person. Yeah. All right. Was there anything else that you think is just, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, focusing more on mental health into the future and expanding support for those things. Is there anything else about mental health support and what you guys can offer that you think is more important than people might realize that are outside of education or just something that you wish people talked about more when they talked about it? Um, I, I think the biggest, especially for our families, I mean, it is accessing services, being able to access the services, um, I mean, there's a lot of programs out there that are kind of like the best kept secret. And we don't, I mean, it would be, oh my gosh, magical to have a, and maybe there is, maybe I'm not accessing, (laughs) but to have a database, you know, that's continually, I remember back, oh gosh, this was years, you know, when I first started out my career, we had a, um, it was a, a meeting, like a monthly meeting where community service members met 
you know, like everybody from all walks of life came to these meetings where we got together and we talked about, you know, resources and supports for families. It was everyone from like the police departments, sheriff's departments, DCFS, everybody came to the table and we shared resources. And then through that, we collectively put together a resource booklet for families. Um, I mean, not everyone has the opportunity to Google it or to, you know, look something up. Things change in, in, in social service and this agency is no longer doing this, but this agency is, or this agency was just created. I think, again, the accessibility of the services, again, us being online, I think, has been a huge, you know, change from when I first started out in this field. At the same time, I think we've lost a lot. I think we've lost a lot of that um, connectedness, mm. I think, in, in knowing, like, what are the services or what do we have out there? Um, I mean, it's changed a lot. I've got 20-some years, you know, um, in social service. Um, half of that has been in the schools, and just I remember you know, starting out just how we knew all of the services, you know, you knew your community, you know, you knew what services were out there. Um, and now things are just changing. I mean, you know, at the speed of light that we yeah. can't keep up with everything that's out there. And it just feels um, really, it can feel really segmented. Everyone can feel followed yeah. in their own individual. Right, right. I mean, people move around so much that it's hard then to really know, well, what's in your area, what's no longer in the area. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for... Sure, again. thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, let me know if there's anything else you need from me. That was Sylvia Hutzik. She is a social worker for middle school students in Rockford. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on our show. It's how we get great guests like Sylvia. Nominate them at teacherslounge at niu.edu. Subscribe, leave us a rating, whatever you want. Big thanks to the Northern Illinois Band Kindos for the awesome music you hear. Thanks to Spencer Tripp for our Teacher's Lounge logo. And I have been your host, Peter Mudlin, and we'll be back with more Teacher's Lounge and Teacher's Lounge Live very soon. See you later.